Welcome back to Serial Bulls. We've got just a goddamn jam-packed show today. We got Rivalry Week. We got 19 million coaching hires. We got the playoff rankings going on right now. Breaking news, Louisiana is number 24. Um, and then we got to pre- preview the conference championship games. Yeah, it's got uh, a lot on our plate. Yeah, so so strap in, strap in, folks. Um, we're going to go start with the games first because as fun as the coaching carousel is, I'm not trying to be like the NBA and do a bunch of this league eyes emoji shit before the season is even over. Uh, that being said, this motherfucking league, Michigan 45, Ohio State 27. Patrick, this was an ass kicking. Uh, Michigan finally did it. God damn it, they finally did it. Ten years yep. of getting their ass handed to them by Ohio State, and Jim Harbaugh has been saved. Yeah, they absolutely dropped the hammer on them. Uh, dominated both both sides of the ball on the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I think the standout performer was Michigan's offensive line. They allowed no sacks, no tackles for a loss. And it seemed like every run was for a first down. And they ended up getting 7.2 yards by the end of the game. And Hassan Haskins was the, was the lead back for Michigan, 169 on 28 carries and five touchdowns. Yeah. Um, they didn't really like – like they did such a good job offensively that um, they were only five of eight on third down just because they were getting so many yards on first and second down. They didn't really, you know, have – an opportunity to have third downs because they're beating that ass so hard. But, uh, I mean, that yeah. was like – someone called it earlier Harbaugh porn, just like beautiful football for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, this was exactly what he's been preaching and what he's been building towards. Um, and it all came to a head uh, on Saturday. Um, Michigan's defense was really impressive. Stroud got his. He threw for almost 400 yards. But Michigan did not allow Ohio State's mega talented wide receivers to beat them deep. Um, yeah, they did a great. They were just they were pressuring him like nothing else. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was a game wrecker. I think he had 15 total quarterback pressures and three sacks. That's in. That's insane. That's a 15 QB pressures. I think is like a record this season. Yeah, and they they basically just made Stroud and the receivers try to beat them. Um, they bought a Travion Henderson up. I mean the Amazing freshman for Ohio State. He had one big run for 28 yards, but for the most part, they kept him under wraps the entire game. Only 74 yeah. yards, um, less than five yards of carry, which for this season is, is crazy to see what they did to him. Um, and yeah, they just tried to make Ohio State uh, beat them short, and it, and it worked. Ohio State, frankly, just ran out of time um, and just couldn't get it done. And Michigan was just a little more ready to play, I think. Um, they punched Ohio State in the mouth from the get-go. And in the first quarter after they were up 7-3, uh, they, they drove down again. And then McNamara threw a pretty bad interception uh, close to the end zone. And normally Michigan would just fold right over. That would be the game. That would be that. Um, but they, they kept fighting. They were resilient. And they took care of business. What can you say? Yeah, I mean, you can't say anything better than that. I mean, uh, I think Michigan. I mean, Michigan was much more or much more disciplined, I would say, than Ohio State. They only had like two or three penalties to like Ohio State's ten, I think, and a lot of those penalties for Ohio State were really costly. Yeah, uh, it's just it was a sloppy game for Ohio State, and uh, just want to thank God that we don't have to see them in the playoffs this year. Um, 
because, I mean, they are who we thought they were, honestly. They were flawed for a while. Their defense is flawed, and Michigan took care of business. Yeah, there's not quite the uh, the killer they have been in the past, and, you know, and sometimes you play a top five team on the road and you lose. So that's what happened. I mean, I, I don't. I saw some <clears> and uh, the uh, college football playoff seems to agree with us. They dropped them five spots to seven. Wow. Um, seven. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think I, you know, I saw some Ohio State fans on Twitter saying this is a referendum on the program. How could we let this happen? Uh, it's all right, guys. You lost one game. C.J. Stroud's a freshman. Trayvon Henderson's a freshman. Uh, you had the best yeah. wide receiver in the country. It'll be all right. You'll be all right. You did have the best wide receiver core in the country, uh, so you might be missing some of that next year. But, I mean, yes, you got those two stars in the making for sure. Yeah. So just reload. I mean, how many yeah. Ohio State wide receivers are in the NFL right now, and they just keep turning them out? Yep. It's not a big deal. Ohio State, you'll be fine. Um, let's be honest, you'll probably backdoor your way in the playoff. Um Speaking of falling backwards in the playoff, Alabama 24, Auburn 22 after four overtimes. Mm. Auburn, you dummies. Yeah, wow. I mean, th- this game took forever, dude. This is the longest. This is a very, very long game. And yeah. uh, it was kind of boring. It was just sloppy. I, it was – I don't know what to think of Alabama right now. Um, I mean, they are just – a very flawed team as well as Ohio state. And they keep winning these clunky games and they keep going on. Like they're going to be fine, but it's, it was a bad game for Alabama. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like this is who they are. They're just not very good. Um, I mean, I know that's ironic to say when they're 11 and one and going to the sec championship, but they've had this game three times this year. Yeah. Um, That's like normally, after that AM game, or maybe even the Florida game, uh, where they really struggled in the second half, they kind of adjust themselves. And it seemed like they did. They blew out Ole Miss. Um, and then they lost to AM the following week. And you said, okay, surely now they'll get it together. Uh, they blew out Mississippi State. They um, ended up turning it on against Tennessee, but they struggled in that game for a while. And then they played just truly a heinous game against LSU. Um, Struggled with Arkansas a few weeks later. I then played that same game this week. Um, they their offensive line just isn't it. No, I mean <clears throat> their offensive line is bad. Uh, I mean they only had sixty eight yards of offense in the first half, just due to how I think honestly how good Auburn's pass rush was. And uh, I mean they could not get the ball going with Robinson at all this game. And you know Bryce Young only completed about fifty percent of his passes. So it, I think a lot of this results of how bad the offensive line play is. And, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if you do this bad against – we'll talk about this later, but if you do this bad against Auburn's defense, you're going up against the best D-line of the country that, this Saturday. So yeah. Auburn had seven sacks and 11 tackles for a loss. And, yeah, I am very concerned about uh, how Alabama can handle, um, you know, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, you know, run through the whole two deep. Um, it's an issue for them. And, and, and I think that that's certainly a big matchup um, going into the week. Um, let's talk about Auburn here. One, Tank Bixby, bro. Just go what, down. What are you doing, dude? I, I know he was trying to win the game by getting the first down and sealing it. I appreciate that. 
um, that, that drive, but you have to be smarter and just realize the time is more valuable than the yards and it didn't work. And then, but to give Tank Bigsby credit, he wasn't the defense that allowed a 97 yard drive in less than a minute. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was at a bar during this game at the end. Like I walked into the very end and everyone in there was there for the Virginia, Virginia tech game. And at the same time, Virginia didn't convert that fourth down to, well, you know, win it and they lost that touchdown pass to Alabama happened. So like, it was just, I, everyone was getting hyped about tech winning and I'm over there screaming at the TV and everyone thinks I'm a UVA fan, but I'm just getting mad at Auburn blowing it. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it, it was just, I mean, that 96 yard drive at the end of the game and that touchdown just sucked the life out of Jordan Hare. Yeah. Um, that place was rocking because they realized, like, hey, we can win now. And the place was going nuts. And I really wanted to – I mean, if we could have gone from that that cathartic Michigan win to a crazy upset in the Iron Bowl, um, that really would have set us up nicely. And uh, Harson, they should have gone for two in, in overtime. That was an awful call. That I don't I don't understand that at all. Like, TJ Finley could barely walk. Was, you know your team was – like yeah didn't have the gas in the tank to keep going like you cannot keep going against alabama in a two-point conversion you know yeah i just didn't get that at all you had a chance to win it and you're a coward and you didn't do it like i mean if if finley could have if finley was mobile at all i then i understand keep playing because you can run him on bootlegs especially when you're that close to the end zone he if he doesn't see anything he can tuck it and try to make a play um he was badly, badly injured. Um, he couldn't move. He just couldn't move. Um, yeah. They and, gone, and they had the two-point play. They, they ran that crazy throwback. Yeah. The Why Titans. not do it then? I, it was so dumb. It's just, it, was come a, on. it was a bad decision, and I think it, it cost them. You can't expect to hold Alabama to nothing from the from the two over and over and over. Um, um, that, that <clears> questionable call. So the, they were just released the top six. Um, Georgia's one. Michigan's jumped three spots to two. Alabama has been uh, at three, I think, at holds. I think. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati's at four, and Oklahoma State jumped Notre Dame at five. I think that is fair. Um, yeah. Because Oklahoma State thirty-seven, Oklahoma thirty-three. Um, Oklahoma State won Bedlam. They won the big one. Um, this was truly and- Bedlam. The most that game, bedlam game, of bedlams. This game was insane. Buff Central. We had fumbles. We had interceptions. Oh my! We had it all. We had a kickoff return by Oklahoma State, and then we had then Oklahoma State uh, after what was the, after allowing a safety. They then promptly like uh, they forced a three and out, and then muffed the punt. Oklahoma scooped it up and scored a touchdown. Mm. <laughs> and I was, mean, that was to open the second half, and you said, "Oh." Okay, um, well, that that that's it. It was tied at halftime. Oklahoma got nine free points, just handed it right to them. And he said, well, that's probably it. And then uh, Oklahoma State's defense stood tall. They did not allow – they didn't allow any points in, in the second half. They were, um, playing, I, they were playing like do-or-die defense at the last few drives of this game. Like their players were just in the right place at the right time, barely – like barely there, and they made that one tackle. If it like if that tackle missed, that was going either to the house or you know would have killed them. 
they were playing some serious defense at the end of this game. Yeah. Um, I thought they had it sealed up for sure. I think Kelly, Kale Williams ran 56 yards Yeah. at the end of the game. I said, no, not like this, not like this. Um, did you know uh, they, they face like the most pressured dropbacks 26, I think total ever since that stat has been tracked. Wow. Like the Cowboys are coming at them all night. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they were going absolutely nuts on them. Um, in yeah, six sacks, um, they were all over the place. The crowd was going nuts. Um, and it was, again, we talked about with Alabama, we talked about with Ohio State. This is just sort of who Oklahoma is. Um, yeah. They just couldn't. Kennedy Brooks did have a, a pretty good game for them, um, 139 yards. But Caleb Williams, again, 252. That's just not That's not going to get it done. No. Um, <clears throat> and at least he didn't have any bad interceptions, I, I guess. But – uh, they didn't score any points, any offensive points in the second half. Um, Absolutely brutal. I mean, that's just that tops off their season. A disappointed ten and two season for Oklahoma, led by that excommunicado Lincoln Riley. Um, yeah, it's that's tough. But you know, it's I, I hate to. I want to say it gets better for that team from here, but I, I, I don't really think it is. They already their their top quarterback recruit just flipped to USC a few minutes ago. We record on Tuesday night, um, so it could be an issue there. Uh, I guess we'll see who they will hire. Uh, elsewhere in the Big 12, quickly here, Baylor survived with their backup quarterback against Texas Tech. And yep. they'll be playing Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. I don't think Baylor is all that good without Bahannon. Um, I saw he was questionable for this game. He dressed. He dressed, yeah. but he, he was still out for sure. Um, I mean, their their backup uh, shaping is serviceable, but I mean, the, he played against Texas yeah. Tech and Kansas State. So I mean, when you you have to go up against Oklahoma State and he's going to be your quarterback, I, I don't think that's going to be a good play. You, you got to be better than serviceable against Oklahoma yeah. State for sure. Yeah. I mean, Caleb Williams. You saw. I mean, we just talked about it, and this kid's not as good as Caleb Williams. Um, Big Ten. Another just more of a – I don't really know how much relevance that has this had nationally in terms of the playoff picture, but Michigan State 30, Penn State 27 in a beautiful snow game. Very awesome. Days. Rocked. It rocked a lot. Um, this ends a disappointing 7-5 for Penn State. Um, I, they're a team who I, I think if you look at, for example, you know, obviously I'm going to take it to Notre Dame, but a few years ago that when they went 4-8, and eight, they were very close, and then the next year they won 10 games. Um, I kind of see something similar with Penn State here. A hurt quarterback, a very banged-up quarterback the whole time. Their four losses, I'm doing the math here, were by a combined 17 points. Ugh. Five losses, sorry. Yeah, I mean uh... – Their worst loss, quote-unquote, was um, a nine-point loss on the road at Ohio State. That's – you know what? That's not that's not bad. They beat Auburn by more than Alabama did. Yeah, I mean, they. I think this game was a good uh, look at their entire season in general with their problems. I mean, they had problems on special teams. Their short yardage play was awful. I mean, they couldn't yep. get anything done short running the ball at all in this game. Uh, they they really do. I think have some soul searching to do after finishing seven to five. And I know they extended James Franklin. Uh, going forward, but they just lost their defensive coordinator to Virginia Tech. 
and that's their best part of their team right now. Yeah, um, that, that, yeah, that's going to be a hit for them uh, for sure. Uh, we will we we will get to that uh, shortly. Let's do some quick hits here. Uh, Georgia beat the absolute life out of Georgia Tech, forty-five zero. They beat Georgia themselves. Tech one hundred to zero in the last two games. Out been outscored. Amazing. Yeah. They've been beaten so bad the past two games that their best player, Jameer Gibbs, has decided to transfer. Uh, you will be seeing him um, at a very good program next year. So yeah. heads up on that. Um, elsewhere in the ass-kicking department, Notre Dame 45, Stanford 14. I think that's the biggest story about the Irish this week is they just took care of business again. Nothing else to talk about. Uh Pac-12, Oregon handles Oregon State 38-29 to go to the Pac-12 championship game, which is a rematch with Utah, which which we'll get to later. Um, LSU 27, Texas A&M 24. Can we stop with Texas A&M? I'm so sick of these dudes. <laughs> like, this is uh, such a joke. They choked this game away. Zach yeah, Calzada really is bad. terrible. Jimbo Fisher is supposed to be this amazing quarterback whisperer, and you're telling me that your true freshman who did legitimately get hurt, but so he was basically putting this whole season on this true freshman, um, and he didn't have anyone behind him. He he can't coach anyone up to beat a fucking dead cat bounce LSU team. I I guess not. Yeah, uh, I mean, God, they, they sacked Max Johnson six times in the second half. And he still led an 85-yard game-winning touchdown drive uh, to get bowl eligible. Because you know what? Let's let have coach. Let's let Coach O have a party. Let him out with a bang. Um, it, 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 on, on the other side of that, just A and M, just golly, dude. I think we need to have a nice discussion about Jimbo Fisher and what he has done for this program because it ain't much. Yeah, let's okay. Let's. And here's the thing: everyone's like, "Oh, look at the talent they're amassing." Okay, so, they're. they're Number three right now in the 22 for kids who'll be who'll be on campus in the fall. Um, so basically rising, rising, rising college freshmen. You say, wow, he's building something. But let's see, 2019, number four. Number, tw- number uh, 2020, number six. Uh, kids who the true freshmen have gone to campus this year, uh, number eight. So he's had – this isn't new. He's had the kids there. Yeah, and, the, and he finished eight and four. This isn't and you, a moribund SEC program. We had to dig out of the dirt. Uh, and it's is- not just like the quarterback plays that Calzada is what's causing this team to be bad. I mean, they they lost in so many ways. Offensively, inability, the inability to protect their quarterback at all. The play calling has been atrocious. And their defense preventing a very, very down LSU offense from scoring. It's just it, you, they need to have a serious talk if they want to have Jimbo here. Yeah, I mean – and then uh, on the flip side, LSU being like, let's hire the guy we just beat like this and pay $20 million to, um, <laughs> you, know, you know, I, I clearly he said no, cause they moved, they moved on to Kelly, but like that, this, that, that doesn't inspire much confidence that that guy was your number one after watching this team play all year. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not impressed with, with, with them at all. Um, and next year when they're preseason top five, I'm not buying it. Do, Play, record this and play this back for me when in August next year I say I don't know A and M in the West don't 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 let me fool you. Mm-hmm. Uh, elsewhere in the SEC West, uh, Ole Miss 31-21 in a egg bowl. Disappointingly normal egg bowl, I, I would say. Yeah, 
it, it was something, all right. I mean, it was like good football to watch after belly full of turkey. But um, props to Lane Kiffin for getting the win and not having a very outrageous ending to cause that win from yeah. before your eyes. But good for all uh, I guess Mike Leach can't blame the kicker for this one. No. Nope. Um, you absolute bozo. Um, Ole Miss – 10 win season, 10 win regular season, I think for the first time in like 30, 40 years, something like that. Um, Lane's a good coach. We'll see if he is there to start the year next year. Um, some sickos games. Our friend Scotty D asked, what were the three sickest games of the week? Uh, I had um, <clears throat> uh, Air Force 48, UNLV 14. Oh, that's. Um, I love it. Just because Air Force did not throw the ball once in this game. And I find that really funny for a team that is superior in the air, uh, military-wise. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bedlam, of course, was pure sicko shit. That was yeah. the light. Um Florida, Florida State was vile. That was bad. Uh, it, it ended with Florida State attempting a onside kick. And the kicker oh. just missed the ball. Oh, yeah. I forgot about, dude. Yeah. That, the onside kick that went three inches. Great. Oh, yeah. just only Florida State can accomplish that. The wind blew over um, <laughs> from, from his kick. Uh, uh, North Texas beat UTSA as well. Uh, 45, yeah, what? 23. They Meet, what, meet. what happened there? <laughs> it's gone. I don't, dude. I don't know, man. Uh, that's six and uh, five and six at the time. North Texas, just a team that was very dominant in UT. I guess just, I, I guess they just gave up. I don't know. It was, it was weird. That, that's why I was kind of grossed out by that. They were gonna fire Luttrell. It seemed like, uh, yeah. until for some reason, <laughs> the last second they said, "Just, just kidding." Um, just kidding. You, <laughs> you, you beat UTSA. You can stick around. Um, but for me, I think maybe the sickest game of the week, Scott Frost, buddy. Oh, man. Buddy. <laughs> it was 20. Ooh. Let's see. Uh, it was 21 to 9. Uh, actually, it was 21 6, <clears throat> about halfway through the third quarter in Nebraska. Iowa kicked a field goal to make it 21 9. Um, and then. It just and then they blocked a punt for a touchdown. Nebraska fumbled again. There was a safety. Uh, Iowa ties it. <clears throat> Basically, they scored twenty-two straight points to win twenty-eight to twenty-one um, in just pure Iowa Big Ten West fashion. Um, this was tough. This was yeah. I, I was I was I was like old Scott Frost. He's going to do it. He's going to get himself a win to end the year and build nope. some. Nope, uh, that was been about the same all year. <laughs> Um, my last one was Virginia Tech 29, UVA 24, uh, just because, listen, if, you, if you're if you a Tech fan UVA game and you're watching this over the Iron Bowl and any other games, you're a sicko. I was in a bar full of sickos. Everyone was just enthralled with this game. I'm sitting here like, that's not even entertaining. They're, when, they're fighting for nothing right now. Yeah. It's just a, it's a, it was a very gross game. Yeah, all right. <clears throat> all right, so let's get to some news. The playoff rankings just came out. Uh, run through some scenarios real quick. Georgia is in. They're in. Um, flat out, unless Alabama beats them by 90 points on Saturday. Could happen. Um, so they're in. Whether they're the one seed or the three seed is up for debate, but they, they will be there. 
Michigan and Alabama, they're in with a win as well, um, 100%. Uh, Oklahoma State or Cincinnati are in with a win. Um, I think if if Georgia wins and those two teams wins, they're both in. But if Alabama wins, I think one of those teams will be left out. Okay. Um, so, and then, but if I, I think Iowa – if Iowa beats Michigan, if Baylor beats Oklahoma State, and if Houston beats Cincinnati, that really opens the door to some chaos. Uh, Notre Dame is right there at six. I imagine they'll get in. Uh, but <clears throat> the playoff commissioner just said that they do take coach availability into account um, if they're looking to ding Notre Dame for for Kelly is leaving. That for, is that for real? Yeah, that's what oh. he said. <laughs> uh, okay. Alabama, I think – if things get crazy and they lose close to Georgia, um, maybe they'll, they'll get in too. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm, they're going to get in. I, I, but I, what I, I'm saying with it, Georgia wins, and then Iowa, Baylor, and Houston all win. Okay. And I, so then it's like, okay, Georgia's okay. in, Notre Dame's in, then who's in? Is that, I mean, I feel like they might just be like, Alabama, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> uh, that's a lot of, you know – plays to be made yeah i mean um, that's a ton of chaos but yeah all right let's so i i wonder if alabama maybe ohio state ohio state's seven so they're out of it but you know it, it doesn't you just you don't have to squint too hard to see how they how they can get it right in. right um i still think yeah, so as Notre Dame fan, I want Georgia to win. I think that's the clearest path for Notre Dame to get in because um, that will knock out Alabama. And then we have four teams going for three spots instead of four teams going for two. Um, and then, and then I think some other stuff will have to happen. What Michigan, Cincinnati, or Oklahoma State will have to lose, but it all starts with Georgia. All right. <clears throat> So the coaching carousel this year has been uh, out of control. It's just spinning so fast. We're all on board right now on those little horses going up and down, but just getting nauseous because we're just getting out of control with this shit already. Yeah. So it started when after Bedlam, Lincoln Riley flat out said, I'm not going to LSU. And everyone was like, okay, well, surely. It's like that uh, Anakin Skywalker uh, Star Wars meme where it's like, you're not going to LSU? No. So you're staying? It's silence. You're staying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what everyone assumed. And he was like, just kidding. And he has taken the USC job, um, which is a massive get for USC. Flat out. Flat out. Yeah. this is a program I thought was one bad hire away from total irrelevance. Yeah. And I think they knew that, and that's why they backed up the Brinks truck. Yeah, I mean, any coach is going to go for that money. <clears throat> any yeah. coach. $110 million? Uh, Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, now, our, our but, friend, does this have anything to do with Oklahoma's move to the SEC? Oh, yeah. Do you think Lincoln is scurred? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he, they said he said he approved the conference change, but really, I bet he was like, "I don't, I don't want to be here for that. I don't want to be here for that." Like thinking that Lincoln Riley likes <clears throat> being the guy in the Big Big Twelve where he's getting all the recruits, basically, 
you know, running the conference. And then he has to go to a conference where he'd be what the third, fourth best going up against so many other teams that go for the same recruits. See, I, but I, I guess my question is now is he's already going against those guys for the top recruits, you know, for those top offensive guys, maybe not on defense, but the difference would be he could, instead of just being like, come to Oklahoma, yada, 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 he can say, come to Oklahoma, play in the SEC, when that is a draw for kids. And I think he would, I think he would do better at recruiting with Oklahoma in the SEC. You think so? I kind of do because I don't do you, think. <clears throat> do you think I, the recruiting will reflect on his win loss record when he goes to the SEC and he has to face teams like Alabama and Georgia and up and coming Ole Miss? You know, may, may, maybe, but like I, he already goes against them for so many kids, and then now I now I just think it would only benefit them because like any SEC team would take Caleb Williams. Oh yeah, know? and he won that recruiting battle. Um, SEC teams who take Kennedy Brooks, um, you know. Well, then, well, well, I, I get what you're saying. Why, why would you think he? Why would he leave then? Why would he go to USC? The money. I, yeah, yeah. I guess everything comes back to the money for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think that's it. And then he's been a West. He was a West Texas high school quarterback. Um, he went right from playing at Texas Tech right into GA and right to Oklahoma. So he's been in this focused football world his entire life. And so I do wonder when like Lane Kiffin, when he was at USC, he said, sometimes it's nice to go out to dinner and not be asked about the third down play calling. Yeah. Uh, I just, and I do just wonder, does he just want to break a little bit just from that? Um, But again, 110 million, I think is the, the biggest takeaway here. Yeah, and a six million dollar house. So yeah, and access to the private jet, very LA, um, very cool. I think this team will be a if it seems like uh, Heritage Hall at USC got smart and realized they needed to make a big hire. Now they need to stay smart and not interfere. Um, yeah, uh, Lincoln Riley can easily compete with Mario Cristobal very quickly. In yeah, because and they have to be careful because if this goes wrong. Um, I thought they were broke before, but they if this goes wrong, they're going to be very broke. Um, yeah. That's, that's something to look out for. And then on the flip side, Brian Kelly said from Notre Dame said, please, I'm not going to USC. Don't be ridiculous. And then he took the LSU job late last night. Um, out of left field. I did not see that coming. Completely stunning move. Um, it seems like LSU had missed on their top two candidates, Jimbo and Lincoln Riley, and they said, we need a big name, we need a big name. And they said, Brian Kelly, you're a good coach. And he said, yeah. And then they're like, how about $95 million? And he said, I'll be a good coach. (laughs) Yeah. I Um, mean, LSU was in some serious need for stability. Um, And I guess Brian Kelly is the definition of stability because he's had that job in Notre Dame for a very long time, and he's done a pretty damn good job keeping that program up to speed and top-notch. So I guess out of the pool of what was left for LSU, to pull that rabbit out of the hat I think might be kind of a win for LSU. 
but it is really funny picturing Brian Kelly being explained how they eat crawfish. Yeah. Um, Just that, was he Boston Irish? Right. Or yeah. Yeah. He's literally, he's literally from outside of Boston. Um, It's going to be quite the culture clash down there, but he can coach ball. Um, I do wonder how he's going to handle because he he would get short sort of shirty with the with the Notre Dame media, um, and South Bend's a little more chill than Baton Rouge. Um, yeah, but I do wonder how that's going to go. Um, obviously, he's had his issues with uh, the student assistant who died, and then the Prince Shimbo thing, uh, where he sexually assaulted a student, and then she later killed herself, um, and he was accused of hindering the investigation. Uh, and LSU has a few of those issues right now themselves. So um, he, he needs to keep his nose clean um, when it comes to that. So that, that'll be something to watch. Um, from the Notre Dame perspective, as a fan, uh, you know, I just said a bunch of bad stuff about him off the field. Um, but on the field, he brought them to a national championship game in two playoffs. And they're, I mean, they're number six right now. Um so, I mean, he, he, he took the program from when it was in utter ruin after Tyrone Willingham and Charlie Weiss yeah. to back to being, even if you're a Notre Dame hater, I think you can agree they're consistently one of the 10 best teams in the country. Um, so, thanks to Coach Kelly. Um, Boo, cuss him out. Boo. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, now, if it comes across the wire that he has stolen either either – Marcus Freeman or Tommy Reese, I'll motherfucking. Um, <laughs> but for now, but for now, we're all right. We're all right right He's now. He's reached the last stage of um, uh, grief right now, Ned. Yeah, I mean, I, I hit it pretty quickly. Um, I was kind of shocked when when it came across um, that it had happened, but luckily for Notre Dame, right now there are two top candidates who want this job. Who I think would be good because a, a ton who of do you people think? want this job, obviously. But the two candidates right now, two top two candidates, are Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Okay, it is an open secret, and maybe this is your first podcast. We've said this before, but maybe this is your first. Luke Fickle will not leave Cincinnati unless he gets one of two jobs. The first one is Ohio State, and the second one is Notre Dame. That's Ooh. it. And one of his two dream jobs is open. Um, obviously the timing's a little weird because there could be about to be in the college football playoff, but <clears throat> I think that's probably Notre Dame's top target. And I think that's who I want the most. Um, however, one B for me, right. I mean, they're basically neck and neck is Marcus Freeman, our current defensive coordinator, who was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. Um, our recruiting has gone into absolute overdrive with him there. Um, especially on defense. I mean, if he takes over the whole side, the, the whole team, he can get someone equally crazy in recruiting on the offensive side of the ball, and we can push Notre Dame more towards that. Instead of being the team that gets killed in the playoff, maybe a team that can win a playoff game. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think they should probably keep Marcus Freeman, in my opinion, because um, he's, yeah. done, he's done, like you said, a great job <laughs> recruiting, and that uh, he, I think he'd be a great fit. I mean, even – Coach Kelly has said that he would want Marcus Freeman to be the next coach of Notre Dame if he would leave, which he did. So 
I think Notre Dame needs to cash in on Marcus Freeman, to be honest with you. Um, because if you don't, he's just going to leave and head to right behind and be defensive coordinator for Brian Kelly, probably to LSU. Ooh, yeah, just had to check Twitter to make sure it hadn't happened yet. Um, Matt Campbell is another name from Iowa State um, that's been rumored to want this shot for a while. No, thanks. Yeah, uh, he just doesn't. He's so basically right now, what Notre Dame needs is something to take them from great to elite. And Matt Campbell's a great coach, and I'm sure he's a very nice person, but he he would maintain the program just fine. But now we've been given this opportunity to take the next step and hiring Iowa State's head coach after a, a rough 21. Why bother, dude? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let me just say absolutely fuck no to Pat Fitzgerald, that weirdo from Northwestern, beat it. Yeah. Uh, Urban no. Meyer Fuck off. I'm Come on, dude. Urban Meyer. No, absolutely not. Fuck Urban Meyer. He's no. one success with Florida, with Ohio State. You don't want a championship, bro? No. Oh, yeah. So you can fake being sick. That women yeah. Yeah. And then hired, you know, uh, women beaters. Yeah. Perfect. And then, yeah, just let the staff run absolutely rampant. And look, it's a private school, so we won't get caught. Maybe it could work. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I don't want fucking Urban Meyer. Gross. Um, so I, 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 if I had to call my shot now, the fact that they didn't instantly name Freeman head coach makes me gives me pause there, and I think they might be targeting Fickle number one. Okay. And, and then, then we'll see. <clears throat> um, crazily, this seemed like the biggest job that was open, um, and then quietly, it's Billy Napier to Florida. Yeah. Um... I thought for a while this guy was going to be the LSU coach because um, I think that was one of his – that was like his top job he wanted. But, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, he never really recruited a four-star where he came from, so he'll fit just right in in Gainesville. Swish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. I think he brings sort of a quiet stability to a program that could use it right now. Um, they, sure. They, need to, they just need to get it together. They just don't need to worry about um, – Winning the press conference, so to speak. They just need to fix recruiting and try to get within shouting distance of Georgia. Um, for we had we had a couple questions about this, um, obviously with our local fan base here, um, about is Virginia Tech waiting too long and they're missing their their good hire. Um, I maybe initially might have thought that, um, but <clears throat> I love Brent Pry. Yeah, he's he's a he's a great hire for Tech. Um, I think it was probably the best hire uh, right now. Um, and he coached under Bud Foster as a graduate assistant in the '90s, so he he knows where where the school is. You know, it's 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 a good hire for what they could afford because I heard they were going hard after Matt Campbell, um, pretty hard. And then he Matt Campbell hit him with a, I want eight million a year, and they're like, oh yeah, we nah, don't want that. <laughs> no, 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 you're you're good, dude. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Brent, Brent Price is going to be a great hire for Tech. It, 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 that defense he's had with Penn State has been phenomenal, and I think Virginia Tech football is at its best when their defense is the best. So it, it's a great start to you know kickstart this program back to you know at least Virginia dominance and maybe East Coast dominance. I mean, they they could become a great team under this new coach. Yeah, and it just gives Virginia Tech an identity again. And, and I think that bring back the lunch pail, baby. Yeah. Bring and it back. I think that that's important to them. Um, and in right now when everyone's running 
a highest scoring offense and an attacking multiple defense. Um, it, it just all turns to noise. You need to differentiate yourself. And I think this is a good way to, to recapture who I think a lot of fans want them to be. Yeah. I don't think they want them to be this Fuente run and shoot Memphis offense. I think they want to punch people in the mouth and uh, you know, they want Lee Suggs carrying the ball 40 times a game. Right. <clears throat> uh, quickly, Oklahoma, nothing uh, from Oklahoma yet. Brent Venables was a hot rumor yesterday. There's one uh, bleacher rapport uh, without the T got that tweet went so went viral yesterday, but that is obviously unsourced. Yeah. Um, I saw some Snapchats, uh, screenshots of DJU and Brett Venable's kids doing the horns down. Um, and, and then that made people go crazy, but <clears throat> I haven't heard anything yet from, from Oklahoma. I'm sure they might be I've- with NFL guys, probably. Yeah, some I mean, <clears throat> they got some choices here. I think Brent Venables is probably their best pick, to be honest. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people have been connecting Mark Stoops from Kentucky just because, you know, Bob Stoops. Um, <clears throat> also, one other guy that we've talked about numerous times already. Uh, if you can't beat him, join him, Matt Campbell, since he can never beat Oklahoma. But yeah. It, it's this one is kind of like I don't really know who they're going to hire right now because there's not that many coaches left that would be up to the task for Oklahoma, but you never know. Yeah, I do. I do kind of wonder about Lane Kiffin again there. Um, it would sort of fit their like offensive identity. Um, they have a lot of money. That'd be a splashy hire. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I, I still believe that Lane Kiffin's going after that Miami job once Diaz gets canned, which I don't really know if he is, but it's leaning that way with the AD being out. I can see Lane going to Miami. Yeah, but I, I, I understand that. But Oklahoma, that's a that's a big it's, fit. It, it, it is a big fit. You're right. Um, Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State takes over the Washington job. Um, all right, well. He fucked up the last hire. Let's even get this one right. That's all I really got to say. Uh, Sonny Dykes leaves SMU after getting booed off the field by his own fans to go cross town to rival TCU. Um, again, I think that's a good hire. I don't for know TCU. why they're. I don't know why they're booing him. It's my. It just. It was a known secret for a while. He was going to TCU, and then now, now this game, they're just like, but like, okay, yeah. you knew uh, for a while. Yeah, Miami Hurricanes OC Rhett Lashley. It takes that SMU job. I think that's a good fit. Um, I think he's worked there in the past. I think he was formerly the SMU offensive coordinator. Um, that's a good fit for them. Um, that's your G5 coaching update. I'm sure by the time we finish recording, um, Oklahoma will have hired Nick oh, Saban. Uh, breaking news. Uh, Urban Meyer is going to Notre Dame. Don't even – he's lying. Don't don't buy it. He's trying to get yet. me, and it works every time. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get to some segments here. Um, I, let me check Twitter real quick. Yes, no one has been hired or fired, it seems. Um, and yeah, everyone's just getting mad about the playoff commissioner saying Brian Kelly leaving is bad for Notre Dame's playoff chances. Sounds like um, he's just making up rules, he goes. Yep, I guess we're just greasing the wheels to get Ohio State or Alabama in there. Um, but <clears throat> what can you do, I guess? Uh, maybe it's better not to play Georgia with an interim head coach. Um, 
All right, let's get to some segments. <clears throat> Studs and duds. Patrick, who is your dud? My dud is a guy who's been your stud for, I think, the last two weeks. Um, Wisconsin running back Braylon um, Allen. Yeah. He went 17 for 47. Oof. Yeah, that's it. Not good. Especially uh, overall, that game was awful. Yeah, that was just awful game for Wisconsin. Uh, who is your stud? Uh, Hassan Haskins, Michigan's running back, just 29 for 169, five touchdowns is incredible. He great job from that running back in that offense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolute monster. Um, I mean, what can you say? My stud is Dontario Drummond from Ole Miss. He had 14 catches from 138. He was just all over the field. He didn't really have any touchdowns or any crazy big plays. Yeah. Every time they needed a, a play, though, he was there. Um, so that, that's my stud. My dud is going to be Texas A&M's rushing offense. 28 carries, 54 yards. Uh, even if you take out the sack numbers here, 22 carries, uh, 76 yards. PU. Mm. Uh, it's a team that straight up quit. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is an overrated fraud, but at least you've paid him a million dollars every second for the next century. So great job, AM. Nice one. Um, <clears throat> who is your fraud? My fraud this week is Wisconsin. Mm. Um, you started out one and three, everyone wrote, wrote you off, and then you go, you finish up the season seven and one, and you, I mean, they, they were tracking really well for a while there. And then they go into the last week of the season, regular season, and just get stomped by Minnesota of all teams. Um, it was just a bad look for uh, Paul Christ and that Badgers team. Yeah, just like, what was that? I mean, they easily, yeah, they just had to win and they'd be in the Big Ten West or the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah. Great chance to maybe knock off Michigan. Um, and maybe win the Big Ten, and they just fell right over and got dominated by Minnesota, a team that I will – let me say this. P.J. Fleck held the job. Yeah, great um, job lost, for him. They lost Ibrahim in the third quarter of the first game of the season. Yeah. And then they lost their second-string running back um, a few weeks later, and they just very quietly went 8-4 and four this year. It's a mm. very good coaching job by P.J. Yeah. Fleck. Um and he just signed a big extension too, which seems yeah. silly at the time. But now with how crazy this carousel is, I bet Minnesota is feeling pretty good about that extension. Absolutely. Uh, my fraud is North Carolina. Nice. Uh, this is not only a fraud for the week, but a fraud for the season. Y'all suck. And then you yeah. choke this game away to, to an in-state rival. Um, uh, Spencer Hall had a nice description of Mac Brown when he wears that big ass jacket on the sideline. Looks like a Scottish uh, coach in Premier League that's just upset about getting about getting regulated right now. Yeah, he just they just cannot keep a lead at all. UNC, it's all it's hilarious. They were supposed to. Challenge for the ACC, uh, win eight or nine games, and they went six and six. And it was absolutely disgusting the whole way through. Um, I, I call them a dark horse for the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, I thought they were the ACC favorite. I had UNC Miami like an absolute moron. <laughs> Woo. 
Fuck you, Mac Brown. Yeah. Dummy. All right. Who are you firing? Oh, I'm firing Jimbo Fisher. Ooh, hey, we're, we're going for him today. It's come on, man. I mean, I'm so tired. Like, you, you, you were hitting the hits earlier. You're supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. And your second choice is a guy named Zach Calzada who's not that great. Like, come on. Like, you get all these kids coming in, and it's it's just – I'm over him, man. I'm just so over him. Yeah, bozo. Um, my <clears throat> firing dovetails very nicely with the question we received from Frazier. He said, should UVA fire Mendenhall? Um, they shouldn't, but also they should. What <laughs> the hell was that game? Dude, and then it's... on third third and goal, the the backwards pass to an offensive lineman that Tech instantly sniffed out and put him in a body bag what? instead of before uh, Long. Brennan Long is the only reason UVA is relevant. In every game, he has to deal with that bullshit. What <laughs> Just, was that? Uh, it was bad, man. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, definitely a play like that being called. It's that's fireable, in my opinion. That I mean, I will give him a little bit of a leash because he has turned UVA into a, a, a solid ACC program, and which is pretty good. They were, uh, you know, a joke. Yeah, a I mean, while. but they're kind of like a mild joke now. He it, he definitely has rose them up better to how they were, where they're an absolute joke, and now they're just a joke. I don't know yeah, if that's a good thing. It's just you look at him and you say, I, I you know, his first year at UVA, they were two and ten. He got him to he got into a bowl game his second year, bowl game his third year. Uh he got he got into the, the fucking orange bowl his fourth year. Um you know, last year five and five, that's a COVID year, whatever. Again, six and six this year. I wonder, are we kind of headed backwards right now? Eh, um, yeah, I don't. It's just UVA is not that appealing of a job either. Like, who's going to come in and do even better than that? Like, they yeah. can't really compete with tech with getting recruits. But it's it's a tough. I mean, he's and, done and, a well, fine-ish job. Well, that's that's just the thing, isn't it? Is you tech is down. You kind of had a chance to stand on their necks and take control of the state in recruiting, um, and then on the field. This is a game UVA should have won. They were at yeah. home, and then you yeah. can have Virginia Tech out of a bowl game. Not only just like broken their streak, and but you you that would have been a big feather in your cap. You would have said, you know, beat it. You're not going to a bowl game. Um, you don't get those extra practices. Uh, which coaches always talk about in, in, in bowl season. And it's a big statement win for UVA uh, in recruiting and the whole thing. And they just blew yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay in with you. You know, Tech fired their coach. UVA should fire theirs. Let's just start from scratch with UVA. I mean, no, you remember, I, I, U, UVA Tech used to mean something in Virginia. Like every year, it was like very much look for, like everyone looked forward to it. The past like four or five years, six years, this game has sucked. Like no yeah. one really anymore yeah absolutely um it was fun when uva won a couple years ago um for sure but i don't know might be time to start over all right yeah our oh no baby what is you doing patrick 
Who's getting the big oh no this week? Uh, you mentioned it, the UVA game, uh, the third and seven call where uh, Brandon Armstrong's behind uh, center, drops back, and their number 17 offensive lineman cuts to the left for a screen pass. Yeah. Offensive line. And the tech cornerback clearly saw what was happening, broke broke, broke off his assignment, went right at him, and they lost six yards to go fourth and 13, where the next play they proceeded to lose. So This isn't even yeah. – if, if you're winning and you're like, we're going to use a little trickery when they're not expecting it and our risk is so low. Yeah. I like that. I would like that play call. But what are we doing here? Yeah, just, I mean, you should just throw the ball into the stands. You should, yeah. It's the same result. Like, if you don't call that play and you call just like another short pass to an actual guy who is always catching the ball, not offensive lineman, and they got like three yards, it would have been what fourth and four, four. a much manageable down instead of you know completely derailing that drive and derailing the entire game. It was all it's shown to be good enough to run for it. And yeah. it's much easier to run in from four than it's from 13. Yeah. Um, my own no is Nebraska Lane Iowa blocked that punt. What are you doing, guys? This this is what they're known for. I think they lead the nation in blocked punts. Yeah. Uh, you got to be a little more aware here. And I mean, that's the difference. I mean, this 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 is why bad team bad teams lose for a reason. Bad right. teams find ways to lose games. Uh, all right, let's get to this week's games. It's conference championship week. And then also, weirdly, maybe the most sicko thing I can think of is watching USC Cal at 11 o'clock mm, on Saturday night. That. I'll yeah, say it for that. What else One last late night game. Yeah. Um, all right, let's start with the big one. Alabama at Georgia. Or not at Georgia. This is in Atlanta, obviously. Georgia is six and a half point favorites. This is at four o'clock on CBS. Can Alabama pull a classic save and escape here? Well, um, let me just start off real quickly. Uh, Georgia's looking to finally exercise those demons of beating Alabama. Um, And I'm scared of paranormal things. So mark me down as terrified about this matchup. Uh, Yes, Alabama has looked very flawed by their close wins against Florida, LSU, and Auburn. I mean, all pretty down SEC teams, but this is Nick Saban, and this is the Crimson Tide, so do not do not write them off. Uh, psych, we going to eat, baby. Jordan the Conductor Davis will run it. Stetson the Mailman Bennett is going to drop them dimes. UGA has not won since 2007 against Alabama, and you can bet your sweet bippy they're going to win and knock them out of playoff contention because they are licking their chops right now. Yeah, I think... Jordan Davis might literally kill Bryce Young. Oh, I want him to. I They need to. I mean, I'm a little bit worried, yes, but Georgia's so dominant right now. I mean, we've described every possible way to describe this defense and how good they are. And you saw how Auburn did to that offensive line. They're in trouble. Yeah, I guess my only concern right now is – okay, so the thing that gives me pause is – Alabama's defense is really good too. Yes. This, yes. this is more of a classic saving team. Georgia, um, Georgia really has not faced a very good defense outside of Clemson, and that offense struggled against that defense. So uh, that is that is that is a very good cause for pause. Auburn's defense is pretty good too. Um, but I think the issue here is that Alabama's linebackers are really good. Yeah. Um, so that's gonna prevent I think it could prevent uh Georgia from getting five or six yards on first down. 
and instead they're getting three. Um, and then you put Bennett in a position to throw the ball, and he likes those short throws over the middle. Um, you know, he lo- he loves McConkey and Bowers. And so Pickens will be back this game too. Uh, yeah. Need to mention that. So he will have another option there. But I I do agree that those linebackers Henry Toto is gonna you know maybe call here for Georgia, and we'll see how they I mean react yeah. to it. Yeah, that all, all this being said, I think you're right that Georgia sees the opportunity and smells the blood in the water. I think Georgia wins this game by double digits. Um, I, I think it's pretty comfortable in the end. But you do sort of see the path there. But I just think Alabama, especially with Brian Robinson out, um, looks like he's going to be out after uh, he pulled a muscle last week in the Iron Bowl. Um, I just don't quite see it for Alabama. Just – I, I can see them keeping it close, but I'm, I'm going to lock it up. I'm going to lock it up. Dogs dogs by double digits. Oh, let's go. We love to hear it. Yeah. Uh, in the Big Ten, uh, Iowa, Michigan in Indianapolis, 8 o'clock on Fox. Michigan is 10.5-point favorites. Biggest spread in the conference championship weekend. Yeah, I think Michigan's going to kill them. Sort yeah. Of. Oh, Iowa's going to struggle offensively, and Michigan's going to keep doing what it's doing. That hardball offense, run it down your throat. Maybe pepper in, beat you a little bit here on the edge and throws. But yeah, I, 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 I was going to get, I don't think demolished, but I think they're going to, at least by two scores. Yeah, I think this is going to be a game where if Michigan loses, it will be because they beat themselves with bad turnovers, bad special teams play, undisciplined penalties and stuff. But this just doesn't quite seem like it's that Michigan team. Um, right now and i like i like michigan here i would like them less against wisconsin honestly but yeah. this Iowa offense is terrible oh, i just man. don't have to even challenge them yeah i just i don't i'm not even watch this game i'm just i will just because of gus johnson but i just yeah. Iowa's just not fun to watch i just do not like watching that town no. no uh at noon on abc i mean we've really let me just say this Shouts out to the powers that beat. We've really got ourselves a nice little schedule here. Oh, yeah. Uh, noon on ABC, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Um, Baylor is five and a half point underdogs. Um, <clears throat> they've already played once this year. Oklahoma State won 24 to 14. They really controlled the game, but Spencer Sanders threw three picks and kind of let Baylor hang around. And Baylor's defense is good. Um, and he can't he can't do that again. He can't let them hang around. Yeah, um, uh, Gary Bohan is yeah definitely a key here. He, he, if he's playing, I think they have a better chance um, against Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State's really shown the past few weeks that this defense is something. And Spencer Sanders last week showed that he can be the dude and play very well offensively. So as much as you know Dave Arnada's up-and-coming Baylor has been, um, I think Oklahoma State is going to win this game. Yeah, uh, I, I think so too. I think it's it's sort of the, yeah. I, they're very interesting in every conference championship game. The better team should win if they don't beat themselves. I, right. I think that's the biggest thing. And in Oklahoma State, they can. I've seen them sometimes where it just looks like the offense looks like Iowa's offense, mm-hmm. and and they, they can't score, but. And, and I do wonder, I wonder this about Michigan too. Um, are they going to be so 
did they put pour too much energy into last week? And this is going to seem like a, a, a big come down for them. That's a good point. Um, it always feels like that happens. It really does. But I think there is too much at stake here for Oklahoma State and uh, for them to drop this against Baylor because they, they are looking inside the playoff right now. They are looking from the outside in and they have a really good chance to make the playoffs and have like a very different big 12 team. And Mike Gundy, I think really wants this win. So I don't think if um, I think Gary Bohan is still hurt, even if he plays, I think they have a very solid and good chance of winning this game. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. All right. Uh, Eight o'clock on Friday, uh, Oregon is playing Utah. Utah is three and a half point favorites. Um, Oregon can't possibly be as bad as they were a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, nothing much has changed. <laughs> They're still reeling with injuries, and Utah still is pretty good. Um, I don't think they're going to beat the blow the doors off like they did to Oregon thirty eight to seven last matchup this year, but I do think Utah is going to win again. Uh, yeah, I, I think so too. Um. Now, Oregon did look pretty good last week against Oregon State. They do seem to have settled down a little bit. Um, and maybe, I mean, after they, they got punched in the mouth a few weeks ago. Maybe they weren't ready for it. They'll be ready for this one. Um, you know what? I'm going to take Oregon here. I'm going to take All Oregon right. close. I think we get good Anthony Brown this game. Uh, let me. Oh, let me also just say another little piece of news. Spencer Rattler is transferring. I'm calling my shot here. He's going to Oregon. He's going to Oregon. That's I just think. Imagine, because Rattler's good. He's got talent. He can actually throw the ball. If Oregon had Rattler this year, they would be in the playoff. He, that's with bold. Moorhead, that's bold. With, I think with Joe Moorhead calling the plays, um, I think Oregon's a quarterback away. They yeah, win the loss right. to Stanford. Right. I'm thinking about it now. That definitely tracks. Yeah, maybe, maybe they still kind of get punched in the mouth against Utah. But then they'd be eleven and one right now with a chance to get that revenge win the immediately. Anyway, that's anyway, I, I think Rattler there. I think that could be a good fit. Also, as we record a few minutes ago, Jake Hayner, the Fresno State quarterback who led that crazy comeback against UCLA, um, while just in <laughs> sheer like seething pain uh, or searing pain. Uh, is, has entered the transfer portal. So oh. maybe there. Maybe there's another guy right there. Um, so they got their fair choice. Yeah. Uh, Houston, Cincinnati, 4 o'clock on ABC. Cincinnati has 10-point favorites. The question here is, Is will Luke Fickle be too distracted by the Notre Dame job that he's about to get? And the playoff game is going to have to coach for the Irish to, uh, to, to, to play this Houston team. Uh, I mean, it's a good point, but I do not think so. I think, um, I think Luke Fickle has been pretty tired having to deal with the playoff committee, um, and their incessant bullshit of keeping them out. So I think he's going to close the door on this, make sure they finish 13 and 0 with a conference champion and beat Houston pretty handedly. Because let me tell you what, Ned, this Dana Holgerson team is pretty good, but yeah, UConn ran a muck on offense against them last week. <laughs> UConn, so this should be an easy win for the Bearcats. Yeah, I, Houston is very good, but like you said, I think Cincinnati's just a little too locked in, a little too focused right now. And I think if Fickle is going to leave, 
um, for Notre Dame or maybe Ohio State if Ryan Day takes an NFL job. There's some hot rumors right there. Um, I think he wants to at least give this team and this school um, at least an undefeated season here. Yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Wake Forest pick, 8 o'clock ABC. The stakes in this game are very low. The winner gets the Peach Bowl. The loser's probably going to the fucking Gator Bowl or something. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this might be the best game of the weekend. The points are going to be crazy high. Uh, this game could be 50 to 49. Um, this is going to be the exact opposite of the Big Ten title game. I can't wait. Yeah, this is going to rock. It's going to, you know, Pittsburgh's successful to the pass, so QB, Wake Forest QB, Sam Hartman's going to have a day. But Pitts also has a slam dunk offense, so it's just going to it's just going to be back and forth. I really hope it is going to be like a shootout. It's not going to be some letdown 24-21 crap. I hope it's going to be no. like a 64-62 just amazing, insane game. Yeah, um, and I think it – honestly, it just – I really think it, it will be. This is going to be a great game. You're going to get whiplash going from uh, old school big boy football to this. Um, I think it's been a great game, and it's nice to have options here if um, Iowa Michigan turns into a bit of a slog. Right. Oh, oh who do you got? Oh, I got um, man. I'm going to take Pitt. I'm going to take Pitt because I think they have a better. Uh, Defense and Wake Forest. Yeah, I'm um, with you. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm, I want to say we're the winners here because yeah, we get to watch a great team. But yeah, I'm gonna take Pitt. And how about this? The first joke, I think maybe the first joke we made on this podcast was about how good Mark Whipple's Pitt offense is going to be. Mm-hmm. And look at us. Look at us now. Geniuses. Yeah. All right. Let's get to. We just have one listener question. This week, or you know, we, we we wove some other ones in um, throughout the show, but the only separate one here, um, and then we'll get you out of here. This is a bit of a long show, but it's been a bit of a crazy week. Um, let me do one last look here to make sure Nick Saban is still coaching Alabama. Um, is that Urban Meyer to Notre Dame? Oh, folks, actually, it's Urban Meyer to Georgia. Oh, That's- Kirby, no. Oh my! And Kirby's going to South Bend. Oh, oh my God, man! <laughs> um, I'd be yeah, yeah that's nice. Um, okay, um, what three programs are on the rise, and, and what are three programs on the decline? This is from our friend Scotty B. Um, what my first program on the rise is Michigan State. Yeah, that's uh, a great one. The blowout to Ohio State, notwithstanding. Um, Tucker has this team headed in the right direction and he's got that big long contract now. So he's going to be there for, I mean, is any coach around for 10 years? Not really. Um, but he should be around for a while. He has that stability and I think they can keep building to being kind of back to their peak of, I mean, they did make the playoff and, uh, Rose bowls and stuff like that. And I do think he can at least get to being like a nine, 10 win team again. I mean, they were nine ten win team this year, yeah. but consistently. Yep. Who's one of your risers? Uh, I'm going with Baylor. Um, Baylor has really, I mean, I think you and Mayak, but a lot of people too, were riding off Baylor and Dave Arnada from the get go. Like this team is in a downward spiral. This coach doesn't know what he's doing, and here they are in the top 10 and playing great 
aggressive football, and I think they, they locked him up for a little bit, so they trust what he's doing, and I think they're going to keep getting better. Absolutely. My second team on the rise is Washington State. Um, after a complete just clusterfuck with the whole Rolovich thing, um, they really steadied the ship, and they beat the absolute breaks off of Washington last week. Yeah. On the road, and they kept, they're kept they keeping the interim, and the kids have played their absolute butts off for them, and I think they're in a good spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a Wake Forest here. Uh, mm. For my second, just because I mean, the, the, like they had a great season, you know. I'll give them a round of applause. I mean, they started undefeated and had like you know, I guess the best seasons of the '40s. I mean, it's been great to see you know Wake Forest of all teams, you know, kind of have a run at the ACC this year. Yeah. Uh, similarly, I have Arkansas as my as my final team on the rise here. Had an excellent 2021. Sam Pittman loves it there. They love him. I think they're building a solid, fun team. Mm-hmm. Now, is, is, this, is this a team that's going to challenge Alabama? I, I, I don't think so. Not for a while. Um, but I'm sure you can ask any Razorback fan, and it sure beats the hell out of being three and nine. Yeah. Um, for my, my third team, uh, this is kind of a futures rise. I'm taking USC after the uh, mm. Lincoln-Riley hire. That team is going to be a lot better, hope more than likely a lot better going forward. I mean, they already have enough talent, I think, and they have a very strong pipeline of recruiting. So Lincoln-Riley has shown he can do well in that situation, and I think USC got at least a right fit for their team to go forward. Yeah, 100%. Um, now my team with the decline, staying in the Pac-12, Washington. Mm. Oops. Oopsies. Remember when you let Jimmy Lake run Chris Peterson sort of out the door there, and he was like, I'm going to take this team into overdrive, and it ended with him punching a player and being fired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. This team was in the playoff not that long ago. Yeah, this that was fun. Was- a team that I thought was sort of setting up to be sort of new Stanford, just a consistent Pac-12 contender year in, year out, when, uh, you know, 10, 11 games pretty easily. Um, and instead, they were an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, their in-state rival looks better than they have in a long time. Um, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, my first decline team is Florida. Um, I really don't think Billy Napier is going to get it done for them. And I think they're going to be losing the recruiting battle going forward, even worse than Dan Mullen did. Um, So I just, I don't see anything. I don't see a better year coming forward soon for Florida. It's uh, it's because LSU's got that dynamo, Brian Kelly, the most personality there is. Um, my team on the decline is Alabama. Just kidding. Mm. It's <laughs> it's Temple. Um, G five freaks out there. They fired their coach finally, and there's rumors of them going the UConn route and going independent in football to preserve basketball. Um, and while those might be rumors, if that's what's hanging around your program, that's not a good sign. No. Uh, my second team is Miami. Mm. Um. Yeah, they. Uh, I don't really know what's happening with this team right now. Um. I mean, they have a good quarterback and uh, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, Manny Diaz is kind of. 
I guess, a lame duck coach right now. No one really knows. Uh, he really didn't have a good season this year and has really shot any improvement. And uh, like, what are we doing here with Miami? Yeah. 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 What are we doing there? Um, And they might, and they might've been like, we can fire Benny whenever we'll get Lane. But yeah, we talked about the Oklahoma job and who knows what, how the cycle is going to end now. You know, maybe Notre Dame hires Mario Cristobal and then Orkin gets Lane Kiffin and you, you, you waited too long and you're going to miss out on, on your, your top target. Um, I don't know. Uh, my my other team of the client is Auburn. Um, Damn, there you doing them dirty like that. I think. I mean, there's a rumor that Harson might be gone after. Um, wow, in a week. Um, not for any on field reason. Um, I, I think it's vaccine related, um, and whatever the reasons, replacing two coaches in two years just doesn't project stability no they already fired the offensive coordinator mike bobo um they blew that game on saturday um and you can and and if then you know whatever you know your feelings are are on mandates and whatnot if you just you could lose your your head coach very quickly and who knows how many assistants how many kids are enter the transfer portal um after last year's exodus after gus left and then what you're left with a team that's two years behind everyone. Yep. And your two biggest rivals, Alabama and Georgia, are still Alabama and Georgia. So you just find yourself in a very bad situation very quickly. Um, so, so that's, I guess, pending Harson. what's going to happen there. Um, he was rumored for the Washington job for a minute. Um, so if he's already looking for a way out, that can't, we can't be feeling good no. down there. Uh, my last team is Oklahoma. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna be spicy Ooh. with that just because I don't really think they can get any better with uh, a new coach other than Lincoln Riley. What they had with Lincoln Riley, um, it's they lost a lot of recruits, a lot already. Uh, 48 hours after he yeah. left, uh, so I mean they're already looking for scraps on the table, and whoever they hire has a really tough task and. Eh, you're going to the SEC, and it's, who's going to really have faith in them, whatever coach is there to lead them to the SEC? Because they thought it was Lincoln Riley, and he's not there anymore. So it's 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 we'll we'll table this one for like a year or two, but they are looking like they're going to be in the decline. Yep. All right, we got some breaking news. Jake Hayner, that kid, um, he's going back to Washington. Um, with his head coach, Kalen DeBoer. He was initially enrolled in Washington. So <clears throat> maybe the Huskies are, are on the way up. They got themselves a pretty good quarterback. Um, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good cop. Pretty good uh, G5 coach. So um, yeah, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Who can say? Um, all right, folks, that is it for the week. Um, long episode this week, as, as you can imagine. Um we will be back next week to break down what happened in the conference championships. We're going to do a little live reaction to the playoffs on Sunday, um, a little bonus episode. Um, and then we will probably talk about more coaching carousel stuff and we'll get ready for bowl season. Um, so if you like it, tell a friend. Um, I think we're going to do some pretty fun off season stuff. Got some interviews lined up. 
Um, should be a little bit of a different show, but I think in, in, in a good way. Um, so we will see you all next week. Yeah.